May I speak and may you hear. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What are you really grateful for? I know that I can often go through day-to-day life, especially at busy times of the year, such as the start of a new term, and lose those moments when I allow myself to stop and notice the small blessings and the large and let myself feel truly thankful. So I thought now would be a good time for a few moments of contemplation to think about the question on this day, in this moment, for what or for whom am I really grateful? So I'm going to lead you through just some moments of contemplation. You might want to wriggle in your seat a little bit to get a bit comfortable. You may find it easier to close your eyes if you wish to. And I invite you now to hold in your mind's eye what or who it is that you are really grateful for. Just hold that image before your mind's eye. Try not to let your mind question or comment on that image. Just allow the focus of your gratitude rest in your mind's eye. as you do, I invite you now to notice any feelings or sensations that begin to bubble up. Again, try not to question or comment on what you notice. Just become aware of your body's natural response to your focus of gratitude. And as we come to the end of our contemplation, I invite you not to let those feelings of gratitude disappear. Allow them to seep through every fiber of your being, that they may become part of you 
for this whole day. In our Gospel reading, ten lepers were healed. Only one returned to praise God. Perhaps Jesus' question is the same as ours. Where were the other nine? Why did they not come back? What was their story? When I was thinking about this passage, I was reminded of a time a few months ago. I had gone running, and at the start of my run, I didn't feel that great. But in the way that you should never do if you're a runner, I ignored those niggles and carried on. Until I was about a mile away from home, and then the pain got so bad that I was crippled over and couldn't move. A fellow runner came passing by, and then she stopped to help, seeing that I was in pain. But you see, she didn't have a phone on her, and nor did I. So she decided to run off to find someone that did. Now, I'd had this kind of pain before, and I knew that most of the time it would come in waves, but also that it could get worse. And it just so happened that as the runner left, the pain started to ease off. So then here was a conundrum. Should I wait for the runner to come back? Or should I quickly go home whilst I could, knowing that it could get worse? So I left, and to this day, I haven't been able to say thank you for that runner who stopped to help. Now when I thought about this story in relation to our Gospel reading, my thoughts turned to the nine that didn't return. And I wondered again, why didn't they return? Were they ungrateful? Jesus said to the Samaritan leper, your faith has made you well. Did the others feel so overwhelmed by what had happened that they were hesitant to believe that it was really true? Perhaps they wanted to test out a few remaining questions before it could really sink in that they were healed. Did they want to go back to friends and family to test if they would really be accepted into their community again? Did they question if they really had a new start, a chance to begin life again? I don't think that curing leprosy was common in Jesus' time. 
And so there weren't any well-known next steps for when you are cured from leprosy. Perhaps their minds were full of thoughts and questions that by the time they had come from disbelief to belief, Jesus had already moved on. Perhaps they wanted to say thank you, but then thought, how do you thank, say thank you for a new chance of life? I can think of so many numerous times when the words thank you just don't seem to say enough. I'm sure you can too. And my problem is that sometimes when I feel like thank you isn't enough, I try and think of what to say and end up saying nothing at all. I wonder, is that how the other nine felt? Did they wish for an opportunity to say thank you when it was too late? Harvest celebrations are a time to do just that. To give thanks for all the times when we have forgotten to say thank you when we have taken God's good gift for granted and taken each other for granted. Like the nine lepers, we have received blessings and carried on with our lives. But today, we have a chance to stop and show our thanks. And as we do, we may find that a change occurs in us. During the contemplation at the start of this sermon, I invited you to become aware of the feelings and sensations of your body as you immersed yourself in a state of gratitude. Personally, when I do this, I can feel myself bubbling over with an urge to show my gratitude, an urge to do something positive in praise and thanksgiving, an urge to make a difference in someone else's life. When we allow gratitude to sink into our beings, we may feel a new energy grow within, a new compassion envelop us, a new excitement bubble up, a yearning to bring hope, kindness, generosity, and love into the world. And it is in this way that gratitude goes hand in hand with servitude, a desire to serve, to join in with the loving, creating, sustaining and renewing action of God in our world. And perhaps that is why sometimes the words thank you 
just don't seem enough. Because they aren't. Gratitude is more than a couple of words. Gratitude is active. It is allowing ourselves to be the hands, the feet, the mouth of Jesus in this world. This weekend, there are two significant events taking place. One slightly less well-known than the other. I'm sure you all know of and have heard about the climate protests in London this weekend. But the lesser-known event is the canonization of Cardinal Newman, a 19th century theologian, poet, first an Anglican priest and then a Catholic priest, who is revered in both churches. These two unique and highly significant and both fairly controversial events can together tell us more of the active nature of gratitude at harvest. Cardinal Newman wasn't afraid to stand out from the crowd. He was often at the forefront of controversy and spoke up when he thought change was needed. But Newman also risked ridicule from friends, family and the church by admitting when the judgments that he had made were wrong. And if we are to take climate change seriously, we first need to be willing to admit and seek forgiveness for the way we have neglected the world around us ignored the blessings of creation and taken for granted the luxuries that we enjoy day by day. And then, in forgiveness, we stand together to make a difference. Not because we feel guilty, Not because we fear the future. Not because we feel duty-bound. But because of the gratitude that is overspilling from us. Because when we realize the life of abundance that God has given, the words thank you just are not enough. The feelings and sensations of gratitude overspill into a new compassion for the world around, a new energy to change our ways, and an excitement that we can be part of God's recreation of our world each new day. Amen.